Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. In November of 2015... Me and my wife went to Orlando. I was speaking at a conference there, and we also wanted to go around Disneyland. So <laughs> we get out of our hotel, and then we call a cab. The cab comes to us, and then I try to get in inside the cab. Then I rip through my shorts, right? Then I feel really embarrassed because the cab driver notices this. He can see my underwear, and then I feel really embarrassed. Then I look at my wife and uh, feel really disappointed. She said... It's okay, honey. It's okay. The the shorts are really old, and that's why it ripped, right? But me and her knew that was not the reason because I, I was fat, right? But she was just being kind enough to not say that. And then in uh, December, I ripped through another pair of shorts, and finally the moment came when I bought a hundred and fifty dollar Nordstrom jeans which was so soft. I always wanted to buy it. I've been eyeing that particular pair of jeans for, for one year at that point of time. And for Christmas, as a gift for myself, I ordered $150 Nordstrom jeans on a discounted rate. They are freaking expensive. And then it arrives at my house. I just take it, take it out of the package. I rub it on my face. It's so soft. Then I rub it on my wife's face. <laughs> See, I told you how soft this is. It's light as a feather. I was so excited. Then I take it out of the package and then I put one leg in, then the other leg in and try to pull it up my butt. And then the jeans does not go above my butt because apparently it's tight for me. Then again, I was trying to uh, find excuses and said, you know what? I think I ordered the smaller size. So let's look at the size. So I took out my pair of jeans and looked at the size. It said size 40. And that was the size I was. And apparently I'd increased my waist size even further, which I didn't realize it. That was it. This happened December 28th, 2015. I said, okay, I'm done. I'm done. How you day? How you day? That is the voice of Raj. And Raj's story is an immigrant story. And if you're fans of the podcast, you've heard several immigrant stories, but this is an immigrant story to find in his dream job. Many times when you're an immigrant in the country, you feel like you have such limited options and those options make you go into fields or careers that you never even imagined for yourself. It's certainly what I initially thought I had to do rather before, you know, finding my own path. But I love what Raj says here and how he explains his journey to self, that journey to self is the most important journey that we all need to take in life. 
he talks about that and he also talks about his book and full disclosure i wrote the forward for the book this is the first time i've ever been asked to write a forward and i love the book and i think it's a great quick read and i would recommend that you send it to all your friends who are interested in navigating different cultures but also finding their dream jobs in addition to being culturally competent check out the book in the link in the show notes but also check out his website and follow him if you can it's a great guy all right enjoy the episode today's guest is raj Subramaya, and raj is a very interesting person he's an international keynote speaker a writer and a tech career coach and he's the author of the upcoming book by the time you get this podcast the book is is going to be out it's called skyrocket your career and we're going to be talking about his life apparently we have a lot of mutual interests and we're also going to be discussing how he became the career coach and international keynote speaker that he is welcome to the show thanks for having me it's really exciting to be here the pleasure is mine you know i remember with the first email i got from you, 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 you said you structured it like a, a date. So like, let me tell you a little bit about me. You tell me about yourself. <laughs> but I, I like the way you broke it down, though, because you, you've gone through quite the, the journey. I, 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 you know, I used to think it was a big deal that I applied to over 85 plus job rejections upon graduation and I got no response. But you applied to 1,293 jobs. Right. <laughs> And you only got one. Walk me through that process because you and I both share that immigrant uh, um, story. So you had just come from was it was it you just come from India and you were graduating? Is that what the situation was? Yeah. So just to set some context, so I grew up in the southern part of India in a conservative middle class family, and uh, my dad was uh, super smart. My brother was a genius. And there I was, the average Joe who didn't do well in academics. So those of you, your listeners who are Asians, they would kind of relate to this because you constantly be get compared to other people around you, especially when it comes to academics. So because of that, I had this inferiority complex that I wasn't good enough and uh, I was constantly getting ignored. So I put a lot of pressure on myself to emulate other overachievers around me. And each time I did that, I ended up getting disappointed because uh, I couldn't reach up to people's expectations, their caliber. And throughout my childhood, I was also going through anxiety, fear of rejection. In fact, (laughs) this funny, just talking to a girl would feel as if I'm going to get a nervous breakdown. Uh, In fact, in my eighth grade, (laughs) uh, there was this uh, really pretty girl I had a crush on. And it took me three weeks. It's just to say hi to her, right? Because every time I approach her, I used to be sweating, gasping for breath and stuttering. And uh, so that's, that's the kind of wreck I was uh, during my childhood. And of course, I was also going through uh, severe body image issues because I grew up as a fat kid and I was ridiculed for my weight. And during my second year of my undergrad, I had a trigger event where I still remember this. I uh, was sitting in my study room and then my chest was pounding. I thought I was getting a heart attack, but apparently now I know it was a panic attack. And um, all these feelings of being anxious, being depressed, being uh, constantly ignored, all these feelings which are bottled up inside me kind of exploded. 
And then for two hours, I was sobbing because I didn't know what else to do. And then I came to a realization that all my life, I've been doing things for other people. I was letting other people's opinions be my reality. And that's when I realized, man, in, uh, I was trying not to disappoint other people, but in but by doing that, I ended up disappointing myself. So that's mm. when I decided, you know what? I matter. I'm good enough. I am going to strive for greatness. I'm going to carve my own identity. And that's when I declared power over my life. Since then, I wanted to, wanted to do different things, uh, which helped me explore my passion and opportunities. One of which was coming to the U.S. for a higher education, like doing my master's, right? And that's when, that's what took me from southern part of India to the U.S. way back in 2008. And coming to the 1,293 jobs, so I landed in the U.S. on August 31st, 2008. And then a week after I landed, Lehman Brothers fell, which is the financial firm which was there. It became bankrupt overnight. And that's what kind of triggered the whole recession as well. That was kind of the starting point of the whole recession. So as an immigrant in 2008, it was really hard to get jobs because no one was ready to sponsor my work permit. And I was left with two choices. One was go back where I came from, uh, like half of my class, or stick around and do whatever it takes and see what happens. So luckily I chose the second option. And as part of that, from starting of 2009 till end of 2009, I applied for 1,293 jobs. That's pretty much what I did full-time, I guess, apart from studying. <laughs> and, <laughs> and guess how many callbacks I got from those 1,293. I mean, I, I if you got a job, maybe what, like five or ten? Maybe? Right. I got four callbacks. Four? four callbacks. Even less than I said. Yeah, Jeez. from 1,293 jobs. So for all the math nerds out there, that means it's a 0.3% conversion rate. And I, out of the four callbacks, I converted one job, and that was a internship and not a full-time job. But since then, I worked my ass off to... Uh, let people know that immigrants give value. They just do not only take value because that's a common misconception people were yeah, having. Yeah, yeah. 100%. And, and I proved to people that I can give value to my team, value to the, my company. And that's pretty much how I got here because over the past 15 years, that one decision I made helped me explore so many different aspects of my life. And then I ended up becoming... Uh, uh, international keynote speaker, author, and tech career coach. So that's kind of a full highlight about my childhood and how I got here. So I, I, I love big picture items, and I love the way you painted that big picture. The reason why I like that is that it gives us this entree into multiple topics. So one of those topics is the idea of immigration. You know, we are filming this as, at an interesting time in America right now as uh, it feels like we're fighting for values, core values here. But one of those topics end up being this narrative about immigrants. I think a lot of people sometimes only relegate the narrative about immigrants to border or things like that, but they don't understand just 
how wide ranging being an immigrant can be and, and, and in fact, the value that that can that can offer. So I'm curious to dive into your inner mindset as you are working through this this uh, this time period in your life, because you have to think about the OPT. And for those thinking about OPT, it's uh, you stay you have a year to find a job or you go back home. You have to think about getting into a job that, you know, would sponsor your visa and then maybe dealing with the fact that you might hate that job and still have to take the job anyway. And then right. you have to deal with the fact with the money aspect, they'll pay in the lawyer. Right. And all yeah. these things. So how did you manage all these things in addition to the expectations your parents had of you, which was excellence? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, the funny thing is, how are most of the immigrants have to go through this and people do not realize it because they're two yeah. aspects, right? So, so let's cover the two aspects to give some more context. One is immigrants have to do a lot of adaptation of themselves to uh, be considered for different things in their current environment, right? So they have mm -hmm. to adapt themselves and it's so hard. And people who are born and brought up, say for example, in the US do not realize what immigrants have to go through, right? For example, funny story is the, I told you I landed in the US in 2008. And yes. the first experience was I get out of the, uh, airport at JFK and <laughs> there was a person who passes me and says, Hey, how's it going? Then I said, yeah, it's going good. If you think I have a thick Indian accent, dude, you should have heard me in 2008. I had a thicker, thicker Indian accent. I said, yeah, it's yeah. going good. I came here for the first time, but no one cared. He just passes me. And then I keep walking. Another person passes me and says, Hey, how's it going? Then I said, yeah, I'm go it's going good. Today is my first day, but they, they were so rude. They just passed me, right? Finally, I get out of my airport, and this was this pretty girl around the age of 35, I would say, 35, 40-ish. Yeah. She passes me, and she asked me, how is it going? And then this time I said, you know what? I'm going to tell her how is it going because people are very rude here. So I started following her and started replying to her saying, yeah, today is I came here for my master's and I keep talking and then she turns to me and says, what are you doing, you weirdo? That's what I realized. No one gives a shit in the U.S. when you ask, how is it going? It's like a culture thing, right? The reason I'm sharing that story is these are the experiences immigrants have to go through, right? Of course, I have more horrific experiences, which we can discuss later, but I'm this is a simple example of how adaptation actually means. We have to learn it the hard way sometimes. So that's the first thing. Second thing is in terms of the visas and how you have to compete with other people for the same job. For the same job, yes. So as immigrants, we are already starting from a step back where any company you want to work for, you need a work permit. And to make a company sponsor you, with a work permit, you have to do put in double the effort to prove yourself that you're worthy for that particular job. Say, for example, I'm a tech dude. I've uh, been in the industry for over 15 years. So say you're a software developer or a software programmer. There are already millions of software programmers applying for similar kind of jobs. But as an immigrant, if you want to apply for the same kind of jobs, you have to take extra courses. You have to do extra certifications. You have to do put an extra effort 
to prove yourself, right? So that's what I did to stand out from other people because um, uh, when I was applying for these jobs, in parallel, I was continuously taking extra courses, extra courses, updating my LinkedIn profile. So when they saw Raj and when they saw, I don't know, John Smith, they saw that Raj had taken so many different courses compared to John Smith. And that's what helped me stand out from the crowd. So that was my experience in terms of uh, trying to make people notice me, which is putting the extra effort to go the extra mile to be in tax for in to be in consideration for different kind of jobs I was applying for. So, yeah, no, I, it's it's so interesting because there is the thing with with being an immigrant in any country is you, you have to learn that culture as well as your culture and then know when to code switch, which can sometimes be, you know, it, it can be draining, but it, it also it can be helpful in certain situations. But the draining aspects, those things don't. We don't talk about that enough, you know, how, you know, the idea of feeling less than a person can really affect your mental psyche. You know, when someone is you say you're you're responding to someone and they're looking at you as if you're nothing. It's it's you know, it, it feeds into your insecurity. But w- w- with your career, you then eventually got this one job. And then right. I, I you, right around 2011, I believe you you, you spent uh, a lot of your money. Uh, to go to a, a particular software conference. So you decided that you wanted to be a speaker at that point. Why did you shift? Great question. So throughout my childhood, as I was saying, I had a lot of fears uh, and uh, a lot of insecurities, one of which was uh, fear of public speaking. Going back to the girl example where I was, I felt like I was going to get a nervous breakdown just talking to a girl. So that kind of followed me till 2010-ish, where I was still a nervous wreck when talking in front of people, talking in meetings, right? And it kept haunting me day in and day out. Then in 2011, while I was checking my emails, suddenly an email popped up saying, hey, a software conference uh, happening here, and this much, this, why do you pay for it, right? I started staring at it for four or five minutes. Like I had this moment with the email. Uh, and <laughs> here I was, who was always bothered and insecure about speaking. And this email was as of like talking to me, saying, hey, Raj, I'm giving you an opportunity here. Go to the software conference because you have to push yourself out of your comfort zone. It kind of uh, was talking to me. So that's when I took that as a sign to do something to tackle my fear of public speaking. And talking about the money aspect which I had to spend. So just to give some context for your listeners, if you go to a software conference, you never pay out of your pocket. You either go as a speaker, which means bulk of the registration fees waived, or you make your company sponsor you. That's how it works in my, my area, my field. But unfortunately, my company didn't want to sponsor me and I was not a speaker. I said, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to spend $3,000 of my own money to go to a software conference. And people thought I was crazy. But for me, I knew that if I do this, I get an opportunity to go out out of my comfort zone by uh, talking to people who I didn't know about. That means they're not going to judge me, right? First thing. Second thing is... There are going to be a lot of speakers, and I thought, you know what? I wanted to see how they speak. So I go to this conference, and then 
I see some good tags and I also see some bad tags. Luckily, I saw some bad tags because that's when I got, I had this epiphany that, you know what? I think I should become a speaker because I see a lot of people who are not perfect, but still speaking. What if I do it? Because that's the best way to get out of my comfort zone. So one thing led to another yeah. network with a lot of speakers. And then in 2012, I started speaking in small, small meetup groups. Then in 2013, after seven months and 23 trial runs, I gave my first conference talk. And that was a smash hit. People started uh, noticing. Then the word started spreading that there's this Indian dude who's funny, but he's giving really good talks. And that's pretty much what kind of skyrocketed my speaking career. Because since then, I've now spoken at over 100 plus conferences. In 2020 alone, uh, I, I'm doing five keynotes and 16 talks. So what the some moral of the story is you have to push yourself out of your comfort zone because that's when you find opportunities and that's when you... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. You can face your fears and that's when you can start making impact in your life and others as well. Yes. And I, I also want the audience to even listen to this. The first lesson I'm even gathering is the idea of persistence, you know, applying to over a thousand jobs and then sticking through. Then the idea is, you know, having that that confidence to have a vision for yourself and then follow through. Right? You did something. You chose comfort, uh, courage over comfort. You 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 realized that there was a passion within you to do something, but maybe people in the industry weren't willing to finance it, or, and you decided to take a risk and a gamble on yourself. And then you again persisted and look at what happened. And many times, people that are listening and people that are in different audiences will come across these inevitable barriers where, where people have uh, I, different ideas of who you should be, but only you know who you can be, especially if you do the work. And it sounds like that's what you were doing through those years, 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011, until you gave your talk there uh, in 12 or 13, I think. Um, and right, 13, 13. And you know what, interestingly, a lot of immigrants go through the same journey. They have so much grit, they have so much persistence because mm -hmm. they don't have any other choice. <laughs> That's why people don't realize no. they don't have any other That's choice. And no other uh, choice. so either do whatever it takes or go back. Uh, and, you know, that those are the only options. So we are automatically drive driving towards trying to um, 
make uh, an impact on people's lives and our lives as well. So that is something I wanted to let people know for sure. Yeah, it's that, that, that immigrant mentality. Now, with you, though, you, you're very fascinating and, uh, you know, individual, right? So you, you, you then also had this other thing that you were talking about. You touched on it briefly there. You said you, you grew up a little overweight, but you did something even more incredible in 2016. You lost, what, was it 60 pounds or something? 50 I lost pounds. 50, 50 pounds in six months, yeah. However, <laughs> how, sir? How do you lose 50 pounds in six months? Because you're, you're in the middle. At this point, you're, you're, you're hitting all strides of speaking. You're breaking all the stereotypes as an immigrant. And you're like, I need to conquer one more goal. I, I know, right? I took the top-notch uh, meds to lose weight. No, I'm just kidding. No. Oh, wow. That's it. I knew it. <laughs> no, no. But um, so this also goes... So this goes back to facing my fears and conquering them, right? That's a common theme I see in my life, which I realized it last year when I started a whole retrospective of my life and writing my book, right? I started realizing that's a common theme in my life where I had different types of fears and constantly I've been picking each one of them and then trying to conquer it. This time it was fear of being ridiculed for my body weight that was my fear. And the trigger event was actually funny because um, in November of 2015, me and my wife went to Orlando. I was speaking at a conference there and we also wanted to go around Disneyland. So <laughs> we get out of our hotel and then we call a cab. The cab comes to us and then I try to get in inside the cab. Then I rip through my shorts, right? Then I feel really embarrassed because the cab driver notices this. He can see my underwear. And then I feel really embarrassed. Then I look at my wife and uh, feel really disappointed. She said, it's okay, honey. It's okay. The, the shorts are really old. And that's why it ripped, right? But me and her knew that was not the reason because <laughs> I was fat, right? But she was just being kind enough to not say that. And then... In uh, December, I ripped through another pair of shorts. And finally, the moment came when I bought $150 Nordstrom jeans, which was so soft. I always wanted to buy it. I've been eyeing that particular pair of jeans for, for one year at that point of time. And for Christmas, as a gift for myself, I ordered $150 Nordstrom jeans on a discounted rate. They are freaking expensive. And then it arrives at my house. I just take it, take it out of the package. I rub it on my face. It's so soft. Then I rub it on my <laughs> wife's face. See, I told you how soft this is. It's light as a feather. I was so excited. Then I take it out of the package and then I put one leg in, then the other leg in and try to pull it up my butt. And then the jeans does not go above my butt because apparently it's tight for me. Then... Again, I was trying to uh, find excuses and said, you know what? I think I ordered the smaller size. So let's look at the size. So I took out my pair of jeans and looked at the size. It said size 40. And that was the size I was. And apparently I had increased my waist size even further, which I didn't realize it. That was it. This happened December 28th, 
2015. I said, okay, I'm done. I'm done. I am going to change my physical weight and I want to get healthier, right? That was a trigger event. Plus my whole childhood experience as well, right? Added to this. Yeah. So on January 1st, 2016, I told my wife, I'm going to lose 50 pounds. Then she said, I was crazy. I said, hey, when you think big, that's when things happen. And then she got inspired and said, okay, I'll join you in this journey, but I may get out of it whenever I want. I said, okay, but this is going to be my journey. I'm going to do this. So instead of eating like three subs when I go to a Subway or two Chipotle bowls when I go to Chipotle, uh, I started eating like a normal human being. And then I started reading a lot about my physical health. I never wanted to take anything artificial because I was already under heavy medication for anxiety, depression, and stress. I didn't want yeah. extra medication added to it. I started working out four times a week, and then I love basketball. So I rekindled my passion for basketball. You and me yeah. had that thing in common, right? I played yeah. basketball like crazy, like four, three to four times a week for the period of three months. And that's when the change happened. Slowly, I started uh, getting in my energy back, my mental focus back, my physical focus back, and and that continued for six months, and I lost 50 pounds, right? I never knew I was going to do it in six months, but it just happened that I lost 50 pounds. So this is to show that, again, going back to mental grit and our belief system and mindset, when you actually strive for greatness and strive for something big, and when you're consistent and you have that... Uh, 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 what do you say, determination to do it, things happen. Yeah, yeah. Things yeah. happen because worst case scenario, even if I not lost 50 pounds, I would have still become healthier compared to where I was before. I was in a really dark place before. And after this, after this 50 pound weight loss, I, was, I decided to stop my depression medication, anxiety medication. I got into meditation and mindfulness and I pretty, that pretty much kind of changed my life in terms of the way I look at myself and the way I feel as well. From medication oh, to meditation. Bam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that should be my new mantra. Yeah, From, I was gonna, you should say that. You should take that. From medication to meditation. Medication uh, to meditation. My journey of exploration of life. I think you, uh, that's your next book. You should, you better, you better, you better do something with that. You better do something with that. So, so, so speaking, speaking of books, because we said, wait, your first book is coming out. It's a skyrocket, you know, your career book. Now it's a combination, a combination of all these personal experiences, but you're teaching people how to skyrocket a career. Why did you decide to write a book now? Yeah. So currently if you see people feel anxious about their job security, they feel stuck in their career. There have been mass layoffs and people have been at the receiving end of it. And finally, there are people who want to make the change in their career, but they're afraid to do so because of the fear of the unknowns. And I was in the exact same situation in 2008, as we discussed. And through that experience and through the things which, I, which I've learned since then till now, I found different strategies that could help transform your career, right? Simple strategies, but very impactful strategies which could help in your life transformation because that's what I followed to transform my life from a shy introverted kid 
into an international keynote speaker, authentic career coach, coach running a six-figure business, right? So I thought this is a time where people need to know different strategies so that they can get ahead in their career, they can provide for their family, and they can find their dream job. And that was that was the reason why I wrote this book now compared to next year or last year, because this is the time. Also, I was doing a lot of free coaching for people on LinkedIn. They were contacting me because they're either last jobs or they were really scared. And that that was also a reason where I thought, you know what? I've been helping these people and they're telling me how impactful it is. What if I actually shared this as a book? And that mm-hmm. that's how the seed for the book was planted. And you and me know a common friend, Jamea, and she was helping people outline their book ideas and then get a book published. So I tag team with her and yeah, that's pretty much how the book evolved and came about. I wrote, I wrote uh, 1,500 to 2,000 words every day for the first month and a half and I finished pretty much the majority of the book in the first 30 days. And since then, wow. we, as we know, because you have a book and now I have a book, there's a lot of production process, a lot of proofreading, there's a lot of worksheets, a lot of funnels, so many different things. So after going through all those experiences, and I started this in April, now finally the book is out and uh, people can go get it because I cover three strategies, right? Three aspects mainly which is how to find your dream job. That's the first thing. I take them through different exercises. Second thing is, okay, now you got a job interview. How do you do salary negotiation? How do you ace interviews, right? So that is part of the first uh, section. Next sections are, okay, now you got a job. How are you going to be successful in it, right? I share different strategies, proven strategies, which have helped me and the other people I've coached and talked to and shared these strategies with as well. Then finally, the last section of the book is how to set yourself miles apart from the competition and be a rock star at work, right? And I give them literally strategies and worksheets to actually do that. So that's pretty much the story of the book and kind of how uh, those strategies are going to help you out in different phases of your career as well. And for full disclosure, I got to write the forward of the book, and it's a, it's a really great book. You know, as you can see, he's an, he's an engaging storyteller. But, you know, I love the the subtitle of the book. It's it's uh, the no bullshit approach to find, to find your dream job, be successful in it, and transform into a rock star. And you're so right. Given the backdrop of today's climate, where uncertainty is at a, is at a high, anxiety is, a, is, is at a high, uh, you know, it seems like depending on which side you're on, on uh, you are on, on your morality, there's also that anxiety. And a lot of people are really coming to terms with what their purpose is. Because I think one of the things a pandemic does is that it, it raises this mirror and it puts it in front of you and it forces you to confront yourself. And sometimes you might not like what you see. And many people have come face to face with that. And a lot of times they haven't liked what they've seen because it's a stranger, you know, or who they've seen rather is because it's the person has been a stranger. And I, and I think your book does a good job of refocusing and realigning people with their values and, and, and their motivation. So I think that, that that's that's 
that's reason enough to get the book in the first place. <laughs> and I also wanted to mention that, uh, yeah, thanks, Tyed, for uh, writing the foreword. It meant a lot to me, especially uh, having another person going through similar kind of experiences, of course, in slightly different contexts, but on a high level, I could see your experiences, my experiences, uh, kind of matching in terms of what we had to go through, what uh, being an immigrant, how our life was slightly different from other people who yeah. do not have that context. So I'm really grateful that you wrote the foreword. And uh, yeah, it was one of my biggest accomplishments that you wrote it. And I was really, really yeah. happy for it, man. I was humbled you asked me. That, that's the first time I've written the forward. So, <laughs> so uh, no, I certainly appreciate it. But no, honestly, the power of this is, is your story. And, and, you know, ladies, gentlemen and gender non-binary individuals, if you're if you're listening, this this idea of owning your power and really figuring out to craft a niche for yourself with your gift is something that is going to be needed more and more. You know, Raj and I were, were joking about what the new normal is going to look like. But part of that is is essentially what you're going to do with your life's work and your life's work includes your career. So. I certainly would encourage you to to get the book because you write the way you speak. You know, you you break it down. You know, you yep. have all these action, actionable tips and actionable ideas there. And I said uh, no bullshit as since you already read the book. So I, I yeah I hate bullshitting. So I come directly with strategies. But of course I uh, share my experiences to set some context to paint the picture and then share those strategies and weave them together because I think that's what is going to be impactful. Because the books I read, uh, a lot of career-related books, they either talk about experiences or they talk about strategies, but they didn't weave the strategies into experiences. And I think that's the gap my book would fill. And I yeah. put in a lot of effort uh, to do that as well. So uh, yeah, if people buy the book, that's what they're going to expect. And in fact, I'm giving away a free chapter of the book as well. Uh, you can always go to my website and download it. But yeah, I believe the book is going to be really impactful. And those strategies which I followed um, has personally increased my salary by 150%. It has uh, helped me uh, get into leadership roles in a really at a really young age. And uh, again, I'm an average guy. That's what I want to keep telling your listeners. I'm really average guy, but it's about how you show up what mindset and belief system you have. Because if you feel that you're worth only $50,000, the way you show up, the way you act, the way you think is going to reflect a person who is earning $50,000. But if you feel and believe that you are worth $200,000, then the way you show up, the way you react, the way you think is going to reflect a person who is earning $200,000. So it starts with mindset and belief system. So that's the journey I take you through. Then we start with actionable items which you can implement in your daily lives as well uh, i love that i love that so where can people buy the book then yep all information about the book is at skyrocketyourcareerbook.com and okay. uh that's where you'll find links to buy the book it's in pre-order right now and uh, you also have free chapter downloads free templates and then free workshop videos so yeah that's and one more thing I forgot to mention was one my one of my pet peeve projects was to build an online shop in my bookstore so people can buy merchandises. Uh, uh, yeah, so, 
and it'll have my <laughs> inspirational whatever quotes I use normally. It has that on the T-shirt. Like uh, uh, empowerment starts with woman power. To be a legend, you have to do legendary work. So those are all things I use on a normal basis. All those things are in merchandises. So you can wear something inspiring as well. But yeah, you'll find that as well in skyrocketyourcareerbook.com. I'll make sure I put that in the show notes, skyrocketyourcareerbook.com. We'll get it there. By the time this episode comes out, the book will be out. So um, there's no excuse. You also have merch. And holiday season is here. So you get it for for, for our folks. Uh, but no, I, this is this is this is always great for me, especially uh, with with you being a guest. I like to bring on people that have different approaches to things that people like to set as standards and norms. And you, my friend, are a trailblazer. So there is a this is a certain element that I know that people will learn from that. So thank you for coming on the show. However, I have one final question, and you know the final question. The question is my mission statement reframed as a question. It is use your difference to make a difference. So how do you, Raj, use your difference to make a difference? I think I, my mission and uh, my purpose is to build awareness about letting people know that it's okay to be different. You need to embrace that difference and then constantly try to keep working on yourself so that you can make an impact on your own life and others. So you have to start embracing the difference. And I use my stories and experiences to point that out and build awareness. So that's what I, that's how I make a difference in other people's lives. So. Fantastic. Well, there you have it, Raj. I, um, I can't thank you enough. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for being vulnerable. Thank you for the work you do. And uh, I'm excited to see uh, your book impact many people's lives. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure, man. Thank you. Pleasure's mine. Ladies, gentlemen, and gender non-binary individuals, till next time, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist-approved, so fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.